This is host Raymond Posh. No new episodes are being added under our spiritual life, but all 108 episodes will remain accessible. My new episodes are all being published under my New Ways of Being podcast. You can learn about me and new ways of being at RaymondPosh.com. Welcome to the Our Spiritual Life podcast, in which I and others discuss how we, individually and collectively, can live more fulfilling, creative, and powerful lives through spiritual growth and awakening. I'm Raymond Posh, your host, and I want these conversations to support and empower our spiritual life together. I'm a spiritual life coach, and I also lead small groups to meet regularly and hold intentions for each other based on the amazing findings of Lynn McTaggart in her intention experience. To learn more, see LiveYourSuccess.com. Hello to all the listening audience today. We have another show of our spiritual life. And today I'm going to be talking with my guest, D. Neil Elliott. Uh, he is the author of a book, and he will be telling you about his book, A Higher Road. Now, I think we're going to have a good conversation. Um, Neil has gone through, uh, you know, some of the similar kind of um, learning process and awakening process that I went through myself. And so we'll be talking about that as we progress today. But Neil, welcome to the show. And, you know, I, I've read some of your background and, uh, but I'm going to say that you're an author and are a spiritual teacher and um, you may describe it in other terms. I'll let you tell everyone right now um, about yourself. Oh, well, thank you so much, Raymond. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here today. Uh, author. Yes, definitely an author and a uh, bit of background. I'm a professional engineer. I live in Canada, uh, in British Columbia, 61 years old. Uh, married and have a uh, second wife and uh, five, uh, three children and five grandkids. And, and all my grandkids are, are in Texas. They're all Texans. <laughs> okay. Um, as I said, professional engineer and, a, and an MBA. And uh, I've worked in the hydroelectric industry for you know over 30 years, uh, essentially managing uh, the build of uh, new, new facilities and or equipment. So that's kind of the, the short strokes um, in, well, we will get into this, won't we? I will tell a little bit about my story. And, yeah, well, go, go, go ahead. Tell us a little bit about your story and that'll set the stage. Okay. Uh, well, let me mention first that the, uh, the book is called A Higher Road. 
cleanse your consciousness to transcend the ego and ascend spiritually. And I offer a seven-step process uh, to transform people's lives to inner peace, joy, love, abundance, and prosperity. And that seven steps are the seven steps that I followed, and I offer that for anybody to, uh, to consider whether it makes sense for them. So uh, before I get into my story, I'll tell you a little bit about the structure of the book, and then we'll get into the story. So I've, I've written the book, uh, and I, my recommended approach for people to reading the book is to read it from cover to cover. And after they've completed reading it, they'll understand the process in its entirety. And then they can make a decision for themselves whether those seven steps make sense to them. And uh, they would like to perhaps uh, join me and, and follow along uh, doing those seven steps. So the first part, uh, part one of the book is an overview and it's a structure of the book and it kind of sets the book up. Part two is a short memoir of my life. And the reason I put that in there is not really to you know, expand upon my history, but really to explain and, and I use my memoir as an illustration of how I created my every tomorrow, every circumstance that came into my life, every event that came into my life and how I felt about it. I created that on my own, just as we all do. And, yes. uh, and this gets explained in the book. Um, part three is a chapter on science. And uh, we use current under scientific understandings to have a uh, conversation about consciousness and what consciousness really is. And then the effects of what we think and how we feel that how that affects our biology, how our consciousness is influenced by just everyday life events and, and the memes that uh, you know, are currently prolific on our internet, for example. And then uh, we talk about mind and cells and mind and brain. And I use other authors' material uh, and suggest you know, that uh, if this is new to you, you, you look at that information. Uh, and uh, you know, we'll talk about all those different things and how current understanding that we have science now helps us bridge this gap between spirituality and science. And um, I share a near-death experience of a woman who uh, describes a concept of consciousness that will stretch the reader's mind, certainly stretched my mind. And then, uh, then I get into part four. So the reason I'm going to back up my memoir ends with explaining that I came to a point of um, suicide. Mm. And I obviously did not go through with that suicide, but I wrote a suicide note. It explains how I got to that place. And then um, some material that I came across that promised to liberate me from my thinking. And uh, being an engineer, Okay, well, you know, I can always commit suicide. So I'll put that to the side for the moment and I'll follow this process and see if this process works. If it doesn't, I can commit suicide. Um, I wanted to ensure my wife would be financially okay. So I had it all planned out. So in uh, part four of this book, what I do is I share that information. Mm. And, and 
that process that I went through, part four and part five is that. Uh, part five is my personal experience as I follow these seven steps. So I describe what I, what I experienced and how it transformed the way I was thinking. So essentially, when I was at that point of committing suicide, I was deeply depressed. I felt there was no reason to carry on. It seemed like I was working all kinds of hours as a consultant, making all kinds of money and not really getting ahead. And it's, you know, I got to this point of why am I doing this? Life has to be, life has to be more meaningful than this. I might as well just end it all now. And so when I followed this process, a year to the day after I started this process, I realized that my entire consciousness had changed. I was full of love and I was full of peace and joy. And I had a true appreciation for everything that I had in my life and a true appreciation and desire to live and share this information with other people. So in chapter five or part five of the book, I actually describe that process. And then, you know, when you've completed the book, um, you can make a choice for yourself, whether or not you think this would work for you. And I'm telling you that no matter where you start, whether you are living on the street or whether you're the, you know, one of the wealthiest people in the world, no one can judge the inner reality of another person. And we all know that, you know, it's easy to look at somebody living on the street and, and in our own minds think, boy, they must have a really tough life and, you know, it's got to be really tough for them. And when we think about people that are very wealthy, you know, many times we think, oh, they have it all. And, you know, they're just, they must be so happy and grateful for everything they have. But, but we know from the newspapers and other articles and news stories that there's many very wealthy people that are ill or, um, you know, commit suicide or get into drugs or, or other things. And they're trying to, you know, kind of deal with how they actually feel internally. Yes. And so no matter where you are, this process, in, in my opinion, this process will work for everybody, but it won't be for everybody because there's going to be some people that read it and go, yeah, no, that's good, but that's not going to work for me. And that's totally, that's totally fine. Right. So that's a, that's a longer story than just a short one. Okay. Well, thank you. And I think uh, you've given us some teasers there of things to be curious about and, and want to know more about. So I'm going to kind of follow my uh, curiosity and be asking you some interesting questions, I think, but uh yeah, so you had you had a good life uh, on the surface, and you hit rock bottom though uh, with depression and thoughts of suicide, and um, you know the the darkness as it's often described, or the dark night of the soul. And let's let's come back to that a little bit, and. Yeah, I you know I think everyone goes through so many different kinds of things in in life. Uh, you know, from person to person, it's a completely different experience. But I agree a hundred percent that it's you know life is an inside job. It's 
what we think about it and what we believe about it and what we feel about it that um, determines our happiness, et cetera, so much. And even, even uh, to, in some ways, our success. So talk a little bit more about what happened with you when you were real, uh, when you realized that you were in that dark place. I mean, did, were, had you already found something that you want, wanted to explore or did you go, go into search mode? That's a great question, Raymond. Uh, so let me back up. I'll give a little bit more history. So in the 90s, so I would have been in my 30s, I um, embarked on this path to, so I was working in the corporate world and, you know, being young and full of vim and vigor and a new engineer, it's, you know, it's a little bit like, oh, why are they doing it this way? You know, this would be a better way to do it. Of course I knew better, you know, I was younger and fully educated. So, um, you know, these older folks, man, they didn't know what they were doing. So anyway, um, not true by any means, but that's how I felt. Um, and so in the nineties, I embarked on this process to try and make changes and be more successful, um, you know, with my interactions in the, in the uh, working mm -hmm. environment. And, and I embarked on a spiritual journey at that, that time. And I read, I read probably many of the books that you yourself you've read or, or your listeners will have read and, uh, you know, books by Wayne Dyer or Carolyn Mice or. Napoleon mm -hmm. Hill, you know, all of those kinds of books and, right. and Anthony, Tony Robbins. And um, they all had great processes and they all had great insight. Um, and I followed some, uh, but I, I just couldn't make the shifts that were required. You know, I, I did all the positive thinking and put all these great words up on the, on the, uh, you know, vision board and stuff. Right. And um, then uh, in the early 2000s, I uh, left employment and I embarked on a consulting career. And uh, that, you know, typically as a consultant, especially when you own your own business, you, you know, for most people, they'll, they'll understand that, um, you know, you don't get paid for statutory holidays. If you get sick, it means you don't earn money. <laughs> Anytime you take holidays, you don't earn money. So essentially for me, what happened is I worked a lot. You know, I, because I was always on the deficit mode of, well, if I'm not working, I'm not earning money, you know? And uh, so consequently, I, you know, I made good money, uh, but I also worked a lot. Now, my wife and I still took vacations and all of those kinds of things, and it was great. But um, this inner stuff got at me. So that depression that we're talking about and that, uh, you know, dark night of the soul where you end up, so to speak, that takes, for me, it took quite a while and it seeps in very slowly. It's, mm -hmm. you know, this imperceptible change. And so when I started this consulting work, I kind of dropped all the reading I was doing. I'd read every now and then, and I was mostly into kind of entertaining stuff, you know, like murder mysteries and things like that. Oh, okay. But when I realized like I was just coming to the end of this rope, so say about three years before um, I really got into this really deep, dark place. I started back into looking at some spiritual books and pursuing new ones that had been released mm -hmm. by, you know, kind of well-known authors. And uh, so I embarked again on this process to try and change my consciousness. But I just, the processes that they said, you know, they made sense, but I couldn't make it work for me. 
There was, there were things that were missing for me as an engineer. I needed some concrete scientific information that made sense of the world and sense of spirituality. Yeah. And there was no one that offered things that I could tangibly understand. And so, um, I was reading these books and just slowly sinking. And I read about four or five books in that last year. So 2017, the fall of 2017, November 2017, uh, is when I crafted my suicide note. Mm. So in that spring of that year, I developed this medical condition, which kind of curtailed my life, so to speak. And, And that just further drove a nail in the, in the coffin, so to speak, of heading me down this path, uh, feeling very depressed about that as well. And so a week prior to crafting that suicide note, I came across this other information, and I'll call it a blueprint document. And it promised to liberate me from my thinking. And so I was on this path of reading these spiritual books. I finished them. I couldn't make the shift. But then I came across this other information. And when I was crafting the suicide note, I crafted it, but I was in the back of my mind, I was thinking, you know, I still had this little nagging Christian doubt. I'm not not really Christian, but uh, my first wife was Ukrainian Catholic. And so I had, you know, kind of went into that church, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Um, But I had this, you know, I had a very basic understanding of religion. You know, if you do bad things and you sin, you go to hell. <laughs> if you do good things, <laughs> you know, you go to heaven. And um, so I had this nagging thing of, well, if I commit suicide, that is, you know, I'm going to end up forever and not a good place. And so I had this thing of don't do it, don't do it. But I had this other thing, which was, you know, going to trump that of, um, you know, what's the point? Right. And, um, but this one document I picked, or or came across just it promised to liberate me so i thought again so i thought well okay i can always commit suicide so i'll read this if it works great if it doesn't you know i have it planned out so that's that i hope that answered your question it was a bit of (laughs) long-winded explanation (laughs) yeah yeah in my case i never got to the point of contemplating suicide um so I, I guess I didn't get in quite such a dark place as you. I, in my case, I, I had a spiritual event that happened to me where I, and I was a uh, atheist at the time. And it was an event that I didn't think was a coincidence. I thought it had personal meaning to me. And I set into heavy spiritual exploration and, and like you mentioned, I read a lot of books, you know, spiritual books, and uh, covered a lot of ground in researching spirituality and consciousness, and you know, how does the universe really work? Kind of questions, and uh, I learned a lot. And then uh, there came a point in time where I. I got laid off and I really had, I think I lost some of the key things that I learned in my spiritual exploration. And I didn't take a good, uh, you know, let's say spiritually based approach to 
to finding that new job. And I, I had no success in getting uh, any offers or, and it came to, I wasn't getting interviews anymore. And, and then I, something came to me that helped me make a shift, you know, and say, oh yes, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I, I forgot all about the law of attraction. I'm attracting all this uh, negative stuff because I'm thinking in negative terms and, and believing I'm never going to get out of this. I got to a pretty dark place in terms of being anxious and etc. But uh, yeah, I took some outside input to help me make a shift and say, oh, yes, that's right. The world does. Um, I, I, I create my experience in the world very much. And it's, you know, we get into this place of victimhood where everything's happening to us when in fact we can discover we have uh, much more control over it if we only change our thinking and our uh, mentality, your mindset as you had mentioned. So yes, I mean, um, it's interesting how life um, unfolds or can unfold for us. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so... Um, I'm, yeah, I'm curious to hear more about what what that was that uh, opened the door for you and took you through some steps that you needed to take. Yeah, so first, let me comment on yours, uh, your uh, process. I mean, I, you and I probably read some of those same books. Yes, I'm sure we and, have. And, um, you know, for you you know, it made sense for you to be able to have this uh, spiritual awakening. Yes. And, and for, for me, it's, um, I tried it and I, and I worked on it. And even though I believed it, I just, I needed something a little bit for me more tangible about how the universe actually works. Mm -hmm. And um, so I couldn't make that shift that was required, even though, um, you know, you, you try and, you know, we, we all, we're all actors in our, in yes. our life. Yes. We put our best foot forward, we, <laughs> you know, to our friend, family, friends, to our clients, to people we work with. That's and a great perspective. A, I like that. We're all actors in our own lives. Yeah. Yeah. And we are. And, and even though we might be thinking something quite negative about somebody we're talking to, we can put a persona on where we're nice and we're pleasant and we're kind in that instance. Mm -hmm. the, the, the problem is that it's not only what you say and what you do, it's what you think and how you feel. And if those are out of alignment in terms of how, what you really think and how you really feel, that's the stuff that's going to attract uh, positive or negative things into your life, what you would consider to be positive or negative. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so for me, um, this, so I, I don't share the name of this blueprint document and, and the reason I don't do that. And if you read my book, you'll understand this. The reason I don't do that is because you need to come to this information like a little child full of curiosity, 
full of joy and no prejudgments. Mm. Okay. And, and so the, the science chapter that um, I offer for people to read, we first discuss consciousness and what consciousness really is, you know, so let me talk a little bit about that. I'll get back to your question. Sure, here. That, that's fine. So consciousness, you know, I used to think that everything I thought was in my brain. You know, you have this brain and it's, a, a, you know, kind of a, I think of Raiders of the Lost Ark at the end and the uh, warehouse at the end of how big that is and it goes uh, on forever. Right. And, and I'm thinking, okay, my brain's kind of like that, except it's a library of information. Mm-hmm. And so everything that I thought or, or thought of I thought it was something I had experienced in the past, I had been exposed to, or I had learned. And what I've come to realize is that the brain is a mechanism for the human body to process thoughts, but consciousness itself is not only in the brain. It is everywhere. Right, right. And and so... Yeah. So now I have this view of consciousness that it's, and I'm going to, I'll expand on this too, but you know, it's, it's outside of us as well as in us. Mm -hmm. And this stream of thoughts that go by, you can, you pick and choose what thoughts you're going to keep and entertain. Right. And you can take any thought and look at it and you do this in a nanosecond. You take a thought, you look at it and you go, I'm going to keep that thought. I'm going to dwell on that thought. I like that thought. Or, nah, I don't believe that. I'm going to reject it. You throw it back into the stream and away it goes. Mm-hmm. And so the f- first bit of information that we talk about in the book when it comes to science is around what consciousness really is and how we need a different concept of, perhaps we need a different concept of the way we think of consciousness. And I, and I remember this great story by um, uh, Wayne Dyer, Dr. Wayne Dyer. And he was, this was in a talk show somewhere. And I'm not going to get it exactly right verbatim. But essentially, he said he was at a party. He was having a conversation with a neurosurgeon. And uh, they were having some spiritual conversation. And, and the neurosurgeon said, oh, I don't believe in any of that. Consciousness is in the brain. And when you're dead, it's gone. And so Wayne Dyer's comment to him was, well, you know, you've done operations, you've opened up people's brains. He goes, yes, I've worked on that. He says, said, well, have you ever seen a thought rattling around in there when you, <laughs> you know, when you have them under the knife and, you know, the guy was kind of dumbfounded and didn't say anything to that. And that's just it. So we think with electrical impulses in our brain and we feel with magnetic impulses in our nervous system. Hmm. Okay. And these electrical impulses, um, uh, the, the, Magnetic impulses that we feel center and bond these electrical impulses into a life form. And the more you reinforce this life form uh, through your thinking and your feeling, you will eventually manifest like attracts like you will eventually manifest that in your, in your life. And the rest of the science that we talk about in the book or that I talk about in the book is really around you know, scientific researched information that we have today that we didn't know, you know, 2000 years ago or hundred years ago, that what we think and feel affects the expression of our cells and, and a cell, the expression of our cell is the work it does. 
So we, through our thinking and our feeling, can can change our biology. And we not only can change our biology in terms of our physical body, but, you know, we also talk about, I also talk about uh, neuroscience and neuroplasticity and the research that's been done about how people with um, damaged uh, brains um, have actually reconfigured their brains and grown new brain cells to, um, you know, correct the issues that they've had. Hmm. And so all of this is, research it's all you know based information people can follow that path if that's something that right. and so this information that i came across um really discusses science but it links it to spirituality and what it does is we know for example that everything in the universe at a subatomic level is just energy right you know we're Everything is energy. And so the question is, you know, what was before the Big Bang? Where did electromagnetism come from? And what's the purpose of electromagnetism? How does it affect us in everyday experience? And so, you know, scientists will, materialistic scientists will say, well, there was something before the Big Bang. We don't know what it was. There was a Big Bang. We can, you know, we have, we can demonstrate that there was a Big Bang. And through some acts of fusion or something, some um, uh, particles got together and formed some elements. And through some other random acts, those elements got together and formed a living molecule. And through some other racks, um, acts of randomness, those living molecules got together and formed a cell. Mm-hmm. And then now we have life. Right. <laughs> and, and then through evolution, you know, we um, have grown all these things. So the question becomes... When does consciousness actually enter into life? And, you know, is it in the, is it in the cell? The cell is this magnificent thing that is flimsy, but is repeated in a billion, 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 billion ways to create life forms throughout our environment that sustain themselves from, you know, millennia to millennia or hundred years to hundred years, decades to decades, and they're replicated. So the question is, well, you know, is it those cells that are doing that on their own? You know, a cell has this permeable membrane and it can choose the right nutrition. It can discern that it has waste and it gets rid of that waste. That's a conscious act. Mm-hmm. And so if it's in the cell, then the question is, well, if it's in the cell, then is, could it be in the living molecules that created the cell? Mm-hmm. And if you can go back that far and go, well, it's in the living molecules that could create the cell, then why not in the elements that got together to, to uh, form those right. living molecules? Right. And if in those elements, why not in those electrical particles that form together to create the elements? And so this information I share goes into those kinds of details at a very high level, but at a scientific level where you can actually finally understand what happened before the Big Bang, the impetus for the Big Bang, and then how life was created and how evolution, you know, over billions of years has created the life forms that we have today. 
And if you look at evolution, you know, if you study it with all our history books and things like that, that we have on evolution, you can see that any adaptation to a body is always purposeful and always suited to that body's new requirement. And so this information talks about these kinds of things to get you to this point where you can now bridge this gap between spirituality and science. Yeah, that's, and that's interesting. You know, I, I don't know that I've uh, thought about what you were describing there before. I, I, it's very much in line with what I believe. I mean, in my spiritual exploration, I arrived at the conclusion that universal consciousness is fundamental to the universe and everything that happens in the universe. And in fact, it creates physical reality, you know, and everything within physical reality. So, and I kind of, so that's kind of coming from bottom up or, you know, <laughs> versus top down. I don't know which is which, but um, yeah, that I, I can see how that's very helpful to help people uh, think about it in new ways. Yeah, very good. Yeah, and I think, and I think that's, and I think that's a that's a key thing. I mean, we all know that um, you know if you have ten people around, an event happens. Um, everybody will describe that event slightly differently, and the reason they do that is because it's it's based on their you know their history and how they think and uh, their childhood and you know what they believe to be true and what they believe to be false and their perspective in life. And so a message of some fact or some truth uh, might have to be delivered in, you know, 15 different ways to hit 15 different mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Sure. And so, you know, as we're all progress in this spiritual path, um, you know, there's going to be some messages that will resonate with some people more than others. And so these, we need various and multiple types of messages in order to get to the same place, the same yep. end. Yes. We're all going to the same place. We all need to develop spiritually and we will all get there, whether it's this lifetime or a future lifetime. And, you know, I don't, you know, I can't comment on anybody. I can't even comment on myself in terms of spiritual yeah. progression because your, your soul you know, has been through many lifetimes and in, when we're in this materialized form, we don't necessarily have access or understanding of what our soul has already been through. Right. We're just, we're actually building upon what we, our soul has learned in the past and is going through this lifetime to learn the lessons that it needs to learn. Yeah. Right. And, and, And yeah, that's exactly my understanding that we, uh, we come here in a new manifestation as a new human being and but it's from our soul and it had a purpose uh, lessons that it wanted to learn here and you know some people talk about uh life is about being in a school and i don't know i don't necessarily think that's a good analogy but i do agree that we're here to experience and learn and to, to learn lessons that we need to learn. Um, and I don't think 
we're being tested as some people think about it. Um, I think we are, I guess we could say we're testing ourselves in this lifetime. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, it depends very much about what we think and how we, how we think. Yeah, so you talk about cleansing your consciousness. Talk a bit about that. Ex explain what that means. Yeah. Um, so uh, let's back up a little bit. And uh, so just give some context to that. So we, many people believe, and certainly I did before this spiritual awakening I've had, is that we are matter imbued with consciousness. My current belief is we are consciousness made visible through the descent of vibrational frequency of electrical particles. Our souls are perfect. Our souls are unified and we'll call it, whether you call it divine consciousness or universal consciousness or the Tao or <laughs> whatever moniker you want to put on it, right. our souls are unified. And there's you, your soul is equal of every soul. And, and I will call it, and so I will use this terminology of a school. So your soul is hidden within the ego and your soul is always trying to get back to from where it came. So it's always prompting the ego to get back to, to unconditional love, mm -hmm. the joy, the peace, the abundance, and unconditional love. But your ego can only uh, create things in this materialized form through either uh, through electromagnetism, through either bonding with everything it likes. I like chocolate cake. I like that person. I like that car. I like that kind of house. Um, I like that kind of experience or rejecting uh, for security and protection reasons, but also um, things that I don't like. I don't like the color of that car. I, I don't like that person. I don't like that kind of event. I don't want to go to that music. I, I don't like that kind of food. Right. And so even though our soul comes from unconditional love and will express unconditional love, if we can get the ego out of the way. Right. And so our, our soul comes here, we learn in, I will call it a school because it's just an analogy that can work in this case. We come here to learn the lessons that our soul needs to learn. Our souls will go through manifestations of varying genders, male, female, through varying places of origin, you know, China, US, Canada, Europe through varying cultures, educational experiences. They'll be wealthy and it'll be poor in some. And all of these things are for our soul to actually learn and understand to get back to where it is from. And we are here, so I'll use the word God now, we are here to express God, not to please God. There's no God to be pleased on high. And in order to express God, what we need to do is is express unconditional love. And in order to do that, we have to get our ego out of the way. So there's a process that I share in the book 
That is how you cleanse your consciousness of all of those things that create all of these negative experiences, illness, events, all of the thinking that you have, you have to cleanse yourself of that. And then you need to rebuild that with the highest and best aspirations of golden consciousness that you can understand. And the understanding those aspirations, those those things that you want to rebuild your consciousness with are outlined in this material that I offer to people after they've read the book. And I, I let people know in the book, I let people know where they can get this material. It's free. It'll be in a PDF format. And they can they can get access to it. Huh. Yeah, intriguing. You know, I, yeah, I uh, and I I agree very much with what you're describing there. It's interesting how you can think about it in so many different ways. And uh, uh, yeah, it I I like your ideas. Uh, you know, and the way you express it, it does help um, to think about things in fresh ways. Open our mind and. And, uh, you know, and learn. <laughs> so uh, you talk about um, the seven steps of the higher road. Could you go into those a little bit? For well, the- I'll give you them at a high level. A high level, um, sure. Yeah, <laughs> we don't have that much time. So. Yeah, we don't have that much time. So the the. So the, the first part of this book, like I said, the first part of the science is to actually get a common understanding of consciousness and how our thinking and feeling can affect our biologies. Mm-hmm. When we have that, then what, then what I do is the first step is to actually stretch your understanding of consciousness. And I do that through the sharing of this near-death experience mm. and um, the information that she shared uh, so I don't, I don't replicate that. I, I offer that for somebody to, to read and understand themselves. But, you know, in, in short strokes, this is a, a woman who uh, was riddled with cancer, uh, was in a very aggressive cancer. She suffered for four years or so and was finally rushed to the hospital. She was down to like 75 pounds or something like that uh, on an oxygen uh, tank. She couldn't move. She couldn't even hold up her head. She's rushed to the hospital in a coma. The doctors told her husband that she wouldn't make it through the night. Her Mm. body is totally riddled with cancer. Mm. And um, she woke up 24 hours later and said she was going to be totally fine. And within two weeks, they couldn't find a trace of cancer in her body. Yeah. And so what she describes is the experience she had in very um, colorful and informative language of what she experienced while she was in the coma. And that description of consciousness will help people understand uh, more about our reality of what consciousness is. Okay. Um, And then uh, step two is um, the unveiling of this blueprint material for people to read and understand. And they have to read it for themselves. They have to come at it as a small child, open of, uh, you know, free of prejudgment. And uh, really come at it with an open mind. And so that science chapter is designed to really open people's minds. And then um, uh, step three is really reflection. And it's a, it's, a, it's a process of 
understanding exactly where you're at today and how you really feel about life. And you're going to write this down and you're going to be asked some questions, but really it's to really be truthful and honest with yourself to put it on paper. It's not for anybody else's eyes. It's not to please the God. It's not to show to anybody. You're just going to write it down as honestly as you can, how you feel about life. And then you're going to seal that in an envelope, date it and put it away. Okay. And then a year later, you will open that. If you follow this process and you are diligent and persistent, you will open that a year later and you'll be able to compare what you wrote with how you currently feel. Hmm. And I didn't need to open my letter to do that because I knew where I was at. Right. <laughs> my suicide note documented how I was at. Whatever. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Okay, good. So that, then the, the next step is to actually do this cleansing that I'm talking about. Um, and first you have to understand what you're going to cleanse. And then you have to understand the process of how you're going to cleanse it. So this is described. Okay. And then as you're going through this process of cleansing, then what we move into an area of rebuilding and the rebuilding your consciousness is really, um, so again, you have to understand, <laughs> um, you have to understand creation and understand how it works and the mechanics of how it works. And, um, and you, you will learn this and, um, and then you will, you know, be, there will be insight that comes to you around things that you would be considered to be in alignment with our source of being. And then you're going to rebuild your consciousness as a process for doing that. Um, the next step is you're going to learn how to meditate. And so meditation for me, it's, you know, the thing I followed many meditation techniques um, prior, you know, for 20 years prior and, and I did it, and, but I just, I never really got out of it. And, you know, there's people talk about many different reasons to meditate. I can tell you that in my opinion, there's the, the most important reason to meditate is to actually um, get into the silence and the stillness of our minds so that we can connect with the divine. Exactly. And when you, and when you go through this process, you will build new brain cells at the top of your head, underneath your skull. And that process happens slowly. You'll start to feel an opening. You won't, I didn't necessarily understand what that was at the time. Cause I'd never experienced that before as that opening grew. And I built more grains, more brain cells infused with new knowledge. That opening kind of grew to a point where I understood that's what was going on. And then I felt the inflow of energy in through that and into my body, into my head, and then eventually into my chest and in my solar plexus and down one side of my body and up the other side of my body and then filling my whole body. And, um, and you shift in levels of consciousness uh, and you will experience this. And it, it takes a while. This does not happen overnight. Uh, this is all explained in the book. And I take you through this process of doing this. And then in that final chapter, I explain for people what I felt as I was going through this process. Okay. So, oh, so is that the last step then of the, no, then there's a rinse and repeat. <laughs> That's why I said you, you got to go back and you got to keep, you got to keep working on this. Ah, gotcha. So, yes. Because every time you go through the process, 
you will get new insight and you know you'll get new experiences and i'll tell you when you finally make connection you will know that what you know is true Mm -hmm. okay and um and so that's the and that is then as soon as you have that then it's like you will not give up this process then because you will become more spiritualized your mental processes will become more spiritualized and you'll have stronger and stronger connection with the divine. Yeah. And as you go through this process, what you want to do, what, what I want to do is I want to share this information with everybody. I want to shout it off the rooftops. And I thought I'm going to be looked at like some nutcase. Yeah. So it took me a couple of years to figure out the best way to do this is to document it, write it in a book, put the process out for people to consider for themselves. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, the process of writing a book can be very important. Uh, you know, for me, I, I wrote my book and, and as I was writing it, I realized, oh, I need to understand this better than I currently understand it so I can explain it, <laughs> you know. And uh, yeah, but it, it's interesting because you, you've done a lot, you've talked a lot about bridging uh, scientific understanding or or knowledge uh, with uh, the spiritual side, and uh, there's so much of that available today. You know, people, uh, people, scientists, and people who have really wanted to understand consciousness more have <clears throat> learned so much about it, and everyone's. I mean, it's a lot of information is being shared, but there are a lot of different parts of that, you know, different uh, viewpoints and different ways of explaining it. I mean, a a lot of emphasis by some people is put on the quantum field and understanding how that's uh, interacting um, with our own thoughts. Um, but you, you've you've talked about some other ideas that uh, fit into that as well. So I, yeah, I'm I'm going to want to read your book and uh, learn more about that. <laughs> Very intriguing. So the the um, the quantum physics, um, you know, they describe it, and you know, they talk about the randomness. You know, like they take an ex- thought experiment, or whether it's mm-hmm. a real experiment. And I'll do this very quickly, but. You know, they talk about the randomness of electrons showing up in a room. Right. Yep. Uh-huh. And you get a bunch of people to, together to meditate, and all of a sudden the pattern of randomness decreases. Yes. It becomes more predictable. Yes. Where that electron shows up. The thing that science will never be able to discover on their own is what is actually directing that. They, could, they might be able to understand the effect that, oh, if we do this, that happens but they will never be able to pinpoint what was before the, the uh, big bang. Yes. And it's the spiritual understanding of what was before the big bang and what the impetus for the big bang was. Hmm. And then how all of these things actually work. That's what made sense to me. Now I know. And by knowing that I'm not postulating or, thinking or coming up with theories about why things are going on the way they are. I actually understand the reason that it happened and how our materialized form works. 
Yeah. And uh, that's the thing. And I think that's the thing that was just that trigger for me that all of a sudden everything fell into place. Yeah. Yeah. We, we won't have the time to get into a, a deep discussion about w- what you just said. I mean, you, you, that triggers a number of thoughts for me and, 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 you know, so I believe in universal <clears throat> consciousness, which is what people call God or and then, or call other names. Um, and so basically a kind of my summary belief is that God wanted to experience life and create life and express itself through life and uh, experience all of that um, as an explanation for why the Big Bang happened and why the universe exists. Uh, and so I, I don't know, your, your uh, understanding may have some interesting variations in that, <laughs> which would be great to explore, but um, unless you can do it in, the, in 20 seconds. Or <laughs> well, well I, I, can, I can tell you very quickly. So I think we're in alignment with what you've just said. So universal consciousness is in silence and equilibrium, and it's in space. For those who think of atoms... It's the space within the atom. It is everywhere, but it's undetectable because it is in silence and equilibrium. Science will never be able to detect what's in that space. Right. Divine consciousness was created through the Big Bang, the explosion of universal consciousness. Divine consciousness is uh, also in silence and equilibrium, but is in activity and is in activity through electromagnetism. And that's what creates materialized form. And when you actually understand the reasons and the mechanics of how and why this happened, it will perhaps crystallize for you what you already believe. Yeah. Well, um, I uh, love the way you've approached your book and uh, I want to learn more about that. Um, But we're definitely running short on time here. Uh, and I think you probably have um, maybe more that y- you would like to add. Would you, you know, what, what final thoughts do you have about that you'd like to share with the audience? Well, I think the, the big thing is if uh, you pick up my book, read it from cover to cover and decide whether, it's for, whether it makes sense to you. If it doesn't pass it on to somebody else, because you can never judge the inner reality of another person. The um, uh, the other thing is I should mention my website. So it's www.dneilelliot.com. That's D-N-E-I-L-E-L-L-I-O-T-T.com. And there's a free chapter there that you can uh, request for a download. Uh, and the book is available on Amazon uh, in all your favorite formats uh, and or through your local bookstore. Okay. Excellent. Yes, thank you. Hey, Neil, it's been have, uh, great having you on the show today. Uh, I like the way, uh, I like what you've told us. You have an interesting story, and, uh, and I think you've put together the information that you're describing in your book in a very um, interesting way. Uh, you know, it's, I, I, uh, I'm intrigued to learn more about it. And I hope 
the listeners are as well. I want to thank you uh, for your time today, Raymond. Uh, It's been a pleasure being here. Okay. Well, thank you so much. And as I always say uh, to the listening audience, uh, contemplate on on what you've learned today and, you know, really think about that and then go on to have a great day and a great life. Thank you for listening to the Our Spiritual Life podcast. I send you my love because together we can grow, awaken, and evolve to make a positive difference in the world. Learn more about what I do, including my shared intention groups, at liveyoursuccess.com. May you awaken, grow in consciousness, and experience many blessings.